Hello and welcome to episode 75 of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast, the first of a brand new decade. Whoa. Wow. I'm Stephen Hill, living in the future. Um, this is Renfrey <laughs> Deadman, still Hello. living in the past. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, if you will. I'm more living in the past, to be fair. Some of the things I'm going to say today probably will sound like I'm living in the past. Oh. Yeah. So. Oh, the old men shout at cloud music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should rename men, the old show men that. shout at SoundCloud rappers <laughs> podcast. Um, uh, before we kick off into the show this week on the show, before we get any further into it, uh, we're going to be back doing a normal kind of thing, reviewing stuff. We're doing a normal show, pretty normal show. It's felt not normal for so long. Yeah, so yeah, it's it quite nice to be back doing what we do. Yeah. Um, we're going to be reviewing new releases. I'm not going to say new albums because there's a couple of EPs. Uh, one confusingly an EP from Bring Me the Horizon, Beach Lang, Mono and AA Williams, and Aiming for Enrique. Want to say a big shout out to our buddies at Musicism, uh, who uh, obviously have um, blessed us with a plethora of stuff that you can see if you're on our YouTube channel in front of us. You can't see the light or the actual camera we film on YouTube because how would that work? How would it work? We'd have to have two cameras. Yeah, I mean, budgets don't stretch that far. (laughs) Not yet. Um, Breaking the fourth wall. Yes. uh, But um, Musicism, uh, by day, if you go to musicism.net, they provide you with internet online only courses to prove your skills as a musician. Singers, songwriters, producers... All that stuff, guitarists as well. Predominantly uh, to increase your skills rather than prove them. It's not oh, like imp- a proving. I said improve. Oh, well, don't, excuse me. I'm, yeah, I'm having difficulty yeah, hearing. Right, don't worry. Um, it's only $9.99 a month and you can get 25% off of that $9.99 sum when you put Riot in capitals in the checkout over at musicism.net. So go over there and do that. Thanks very much. Let that be one of your New Year's resolutions. Um, yes. We should also say we did a couple of Rioters reviews. Mm-hmm. Just before Christmas, one on uh, this girl's this girl? uh, short strut to the brassy front. Brassy front? Brassy front. Brassy front. Brassy front. Brassy? Hey, they're northern. <laughs> how they, that's how they used to say it. But you're not. Yeah, but I'm saying it in the way that they would have, would say it. More on that like Liam on the Kramer. old, on the uh, old um, writer's review. Um, yeah. We also did uh, Infinity Land. No, we did Vertigo of Bliss. Vertigo of Bliss. Yeah, I just thought about Infinity Land quite a lot while we were doing it. Uh, Vertigo of Bliss by oh, Biffy Clyro. Biffy Clyro. So yes, they're up please. now. If you want to go over to our Patreon page, it's patreon.com forward slash right act podcast. We'd appreciate you um, contributing. We will try and give you some more stuff. Uh, awesome. What happened over Christmas? Do you have a nice Christmas? You were ill, weren't you? Oh, yeah. I was ill on Christmas Day, which sucked balls, but it did give me the opportunity to stay in bed mm. and catch up on some of the year's best movie releases. Mm. I finally... So you were very excited when you went to see this in the cinema. I saw, I saw Us. Oh, I love Us. Yeah, you're big into Us. I think Us was brilliant and it was weird. I don't know if it's because I was in some weird sort of fluey state, but whilst watching it, I wasn't really enjoying it. And I felt very, very uncomfortable. But the the more distance I've got from it, the more I think it's a brilliant oh, film. Oh, I think it's an absolutely excellent film. It is all of that. It's really a very unsettling film. And to yeah. be a bit, you know, it's a, it's a big film. You know, it's, it's it, like, you know, when you get these kind of like blockbuster art house films have become a sort of becoming a sort of thing again, I think, in Hollywood, mm. which is really cool. I think it's brilliant. Don't get me wrong. I probably 
considering I wasn't feeling very well, I probably well, should. I probably should have watched something like yeah, an Adam should, Sandler film. Yeah, you or something. should watch the Farrelly Brothers. You really. should never watch the Adam, an Adam Sandler yeah. film. Uh, I also watched Booksmart. Do you know Booksmart? Um, I've not seen it, but I'm aware of what it is. Oh, it's so good. It? Please watch Booksmart. It's fantastic. Like you know when they do high. Uh, high school comedies and get them really right when yeah. they do them really really well mm-hmm. just yeah fantastic film I really, so really like enjoyed it Breakfast Club well, super bad is Breakfast Club any good yeah nah. I like it um, it's not dated very well no nah, um, that's alright I watched quickly I watched since she's jumped up look at her little head on the YouTube channel um, I watched Don't Fuck With Cats and I would say I'm struggling to think of something that has made me more angry than that what's don't fuck with cats it's on netflix it's right. a documentary about someone who makes video i he does some appalling it's a uh, it's horrible it's horrible um i had to watch it all to make sure that the guy to make sure there was some sort of resolution at the end because i was like so i understand now can you imagine hurting a little animal look at her she's so innocent bonjour oh Hmm. but anyway um, yeah. <laughs> sorry <laughs> just like yeah uh it's 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 really um like jaw-droppingly like what the hell is going on here but and it's very good but if you're squeamish and if you don't like the kind of animal cruelty then i would suggest you stay steer well clear of that because it's not nice at all Great. Well, I'll watch that as soon as I get home. Fantastic. Um, I also went to the cinema and watched the new Star Wars, which was completely meh. But uh, I also saw Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yeah, I want to see that. Are you a Taika Waititi Waititi fan? I don't know. That name means nothing to me. He done uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, I love What We Do in the Shadows. He did Four Ragnarok, which is actually one of the good Marvel films. Um... Oh, I was well. That's enough. I want you fair. to watch it, but it. Mm, I was quite disappointed with it. It's well, yeah, not okay. great. It looks good, though. I think it looks really. It looks brilliant. The trailer made it look amazing, but the um, the jokes in the trailer hit better than they do in the context of the film. If that makes sense. Mm. Did you watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah. Right, okay. That's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> it is absolutely on my list. And the yeah. moment I watch it, I will make sure we talk about I it. I talked about it with, uh, this, this is going to be an awful name drop, because my this is my girlfriend's friends with uh, the movie critic James King from BBC Radio 2. The boy James King. James King, yeah. And um, I talked to him about it. He mm. really likes it. And he's a sort of BAFTA member. And, mm, yeah. and he was like, no, it's good. And I was like, no, oh, James, it's not. <laughs> I right. still, still want to go to tea with James King and you won't let me do that, will you? No, we can go for tea with James King. Uh, if you like. Um, anyway, we should probably talk about music as well. We should, yeah. 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 Uh, while we were off and about, uh, we went to see um, Berry Tomorrow, or I saw Berry Tomorrow. I don't know how much Baby you Tomorrow. Hmm? Is it my hearing or is it you, your pronunciation? I thought you said Baby Tomorrow. Berry Tomorrow. Definitely heard Baby. <laughs> Why would I say that? Because you're mad. Because it's 2020. You've gone mad. Rules have gone out the window. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I saw Berry tomorrow and we also saw Employed to Serve. And I don't know if you saw a bit of them. I saw a little bit of Blood Youth as well. Absolutely not. I did not. Okay. I only Uh, saw Employed to Serve, actually. You what? You saw Employed to Serve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw you. And then I fucked off because Berry tomorrow uh, do nothing for me. Okay, well, let me talk about Berry tomorrow. So I saw Blood Youth. Don't rate them on record. I have to say, I thought it was a little bit. 
oh, I was talking to somebody about this and I was like, the thing is, it's a bit, they're, they're so meat and potatoes that I think I reviewed the album for Hammer and I was like, it's so basic mm-hmm. that I was just like, Phew. but then actually when you see it live, it's, it does something to you that ba- your basic music can still sound good in a live environment. Do you know what I mean? It can still make you nod your head and you can go, yeah, like yeah. just because it's basic. So I much prefer them live to how I do on record. Saying that though, when Employed to Serve came on, I mean, the, the sort of the gap in quality was a chasm. Mm. You know what I mean, Cause mm. I thought Employed to Serve did fantastically well in what was a pretty difficult spot for them yeah it you was know, it's an odd it's not an, a completely natural fit mm. buried tomorrow and employed to serve i think no on, not at all on, on paper it might not necessarily work that well but you know and i've heard they've been having they'd had like a couple of rough gigs on that tour mm. uh but they were fucking great in london yeah 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 so good. it was um like you know it wasn't a very full um crowd and things like that so there were a few things against them i think the sound was a little rocky to begin with but um yeah they just came out and they did their thing and it was really cool to see those people up on that stage because mm. the people that were there by the end i mean you just had to look at the size of the circle pit by the time they um they finished oh people were going mad and for employed was, which was, was excellent yeah. great yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was big um and they just they just get better and better all the time don't they they're just an absolutely excellent yeah. excellent band and pretty much congratulations to justine and sammy mm. their nuptials yes they're married now yeah well done well done well done, well done for staying well. together yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and uh a berry tomorrow so you didn't see any of berry tomorrow I walked in and I watched 30 seconds because I was told that I should see their light show and um, I found it so abrasively offensive that I left. What, the light show? No, the uh, the music. Wow. Just 30 seconds of that. I just could. I just, to be honest, it was more of a kind of, oh, I'm cold, I want to go home, I've got wet socks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I mean, that, if, if you will refuse to dry your socks or anything, <laughs> you can't blame that on those tomorrow. Um, uh, no, I, I, I'm being slightly facetious, but I, I walked in and saw 30 seconds and just went, I can't be asked, mm. and walked out, which is me not doing my job very well. But well, I it's don't fine. Luckily, care. I was there and I saw the whole thing. Um, and I probably have a slightly different opinion to Barry Tomorrow than, than you, <laughs> yes, I, would I imagine. imagine you do. Um, I like Barry Tomorrow. I don't think we've really spoken about him on this podcast before. I'm probably too scared to bring him up because I know you'll just dismantle them. But I think, <laughs> um, again, for, for what they do, which is metalcore, and they are unashamedly like, we want to just be metalcore. We want to be the very kind of epitome of modern metalcore. I think they obviously do that very very well they do it a lot better than a lot of bands and there's some you know they they've got a few absolute bangers and again you know it's they're not the most groundbreaking band they're not the most innovative band they're you know they're far from the most kind of uh creative and um unique bands in the world Mm -hmm. but they do a type of music that is that feels good and i think they do it with a a kind of a passion and a, a realness that is, you know, is really refreshing, you know, for, for that kind of warp tour metal. Mm-hmm. I think when you listen to Danny talk, he's very articulate and, um, I do like him in interviews. Yeah. An interesting guy. He's a very intelligent guy. He's a very kind of, uh, sensitive dude as well. I think, you know, I, after they finished playing, um, I went 
and stood. I saw Bradley from The Conjurers. Oh yeah, I saw Bradley for, um, for employed to serve. I threw so a I polo at him. Had a chat. You saw? I threw a polo at him. Oh, I'd like you? to uh, shout out Serena for giving me her polo. <laughs> um, but I threw a polo at Brady. Yeah. Shouldn't do that, mate. No, I That's shouldn't. Really. Cultural appropriation. Mm. Probably, I don't know. Um, Is and, it? No. <laughs> uh, what you're saying now, isn't it? Um, and um, yes, yeah, so I saw. I was talking to Brady and I saw Justine and the guys. And then I went downstairs, and it was probably a good hour after they had come up buried tomorrow come off stage and they literally come off stage put their instruments down walk straight into the foyer of the roundhouse and they were all still there signing stuff chatting to people pressing the flesh no one no other band who gets to the point where they headline the pressing roundhouse pressing the flesh yeah am i know, gonna have chatting. to cut that no of course you're not that's a saying isn't it for you know schmoozing with people oh. have you Is never it? heard pressing the flesh well, I've heard it, it means in different contexts. Okay, well, it means to kind of go out and shake hands and, you know, be amongst people. It's not what it means when I press the flesh. <laughs> but, but you're a, a disgraceful pervert. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so, uh, and I was really, really impressed by that. And, you know, they, they did Black Flame in full, which I thought was pretty brave that's the new record right? that's the fifth record yeah mm. the, the, it's not that new it came out in 2018 so uh, but it's a, the newest record they, they do have a new one coming out I believe soon and um, and I was like it's just felt just as big as a, a quote unquote greatest hit set and even when they came back on for an encore to do the greatest hit set they didn't really play it you know easy there was a whole bunch of stuff from Earthbound and you know, like an honourable reign and um, uh, all the stuff from uh, Union of Crowns that they they didn't even bother playing, and I was like, wow. And they still, you know, kept my interest for the whole thing. Thought they were very good. They're very they're a very good band at doing that type of thing. It's not my favourite type of thing in the world, but they are good at doing that. They seem like nice people. Hmm. They are nice people. Um, anyway, that's what I think. <laughs> uh, John Frusciante joined the Red Hot Chili Peppers again for the rejoined. third time. Rejoined yeah. for the third time. Um, that's... Uh, I can't pretend to muster <laughs> any excitement for this, I've got to be honest. Um, are you excited? Does this, does this mean anything, Renfrey, to you? Um, I'm mildly excited because the majority of my love for Red Hot Chili Peppers is reserved for John Frusciante. Um, however, uh, I do feel like it is pretty, I have a bit of a weird thing with cheese. I remember getting really excited about the getaway as well, cause it was produced by Danger Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea of Danger Mouse producing a Red Hot Chili Peppers album in my head sounded fucking incredible. Mm. And then the results were, meh. um, fuck me, they weren't even that good. I liked it more than you did, but, mm. but I, but I, I, not going to def- spend a lot of time defending it because I don't think there's a lot to defend. Um, eh. I mean, bar a couple of songs, I have hated everything they've put out post One Hot Minute. I hate Californication. I hate By The Way. I hate Stadium Arcadium. I hate the other one, whatever that's called, the one with the guy in the baseball cap on playing guitar. And I hate the last one as well. They're rubbish. Lovely. Um, I... Don't feel that way. I mean, I really like, by the way, we've had this discussion before. Um, I mm. think half of Californication's great. I think it's got some terrible, dubious material on it. Um, uh, stayed, like, I actually genuinely think 
I know this is such a common thing to say about double albums, but I genuinely think Stadium Arcadium could have made a very good latter day Red Hot Chili Peppers single album. Danny California is a good song. Danny California is great. Snow Hey Oh. Any time in the last 14 years. Um I can't even remember I'm with you. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not that excited. Nah. It'll be fine. It won't be fine. It'll be awful. But anyway, um John Christianity is back in the Red Chili Peppers. Yeah. There's people getting excited about that, like it's like they're gonna be good, and it's like then they then they weren't good when he came back last time. Like Dave Navarro leaving, they might as well just close the. Yeah, but that. but that is not a popular opinion. I mean, they, they the had right opinion. They had a career renaissance, you know. Yeah, well, fucking fuck that. <laughs> I mean, Californication was a massive record. It you was. couldn't escape it in the summer of no. No, I tried. Believe me, <laughs> you're not a scar tissue fan. Scar tissue. That I, I remember buying stole. scar tissue on single and putting it on and being like, "Wow, I really." I really hate this song. Really? I really, really, really hate this. Really and then Scottish. the album came out the next week and I thought, that's a really odd choice of single because it's really bad, that song. And then getting the album and going, oh, it's the best song on the album. <laughs> Around the world? Around the world. I feel beautiful. I, I like that when I first heard it. And now I listen to it and I just think, this is dreadful. I think it's a dreadful record, Californication. It is, it's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. It's all right. It's not all right. It's, 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 it's a weird record. In my opinion, the good songs are really good. I mean, you obviously disagree with that. But the bad songs I like dirt. Are, I like dirt. Uh, well, what is that the for? bad songs, like I Like Dirt, Purple Stain, yeah. Get On Top, are fucking atrocious. Yeah. But the Chilies do that. They they it what pisses me off about the Chilies is they usually give you a couple of reasons, a couple of songs every album that reminds you that they are capable of doing amazing stuff still. Yeah, I mean, they don't really have many good albums at all, do they? They certainly have more misses than hits. If you're I looking mean, at them as albums... They, I'd argue in terms of actually good, like albums where you go, that is a good record, it's probably two, maybe three at best. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm kinder to Chili's than that. I would say, and you know, feel free to disagree, I would say I think Uplift Mofo Party Plan is great. Oh, really? I'm... It's a fucking mess, that album. Oh, it's great. Um, oh, do I think Mother's Milk is great? I don't think Mother's Milk is great, but See, I think I it's good. I would put Mother's Milk in the good category. Okay, all right, fine. Uh, Blood Sugar, obviously. It's good, yeah, great. Um, we one probably hot, disagree on One Hot Minute. I know you love it. Amazing, it's the best one by far. Fine. I'm going to throw By The Way in there as well. I think By The Way is great. By The Way is my second favourite Chili Peppers album. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's mad uh okay um anyway so the red hot chili peppers is getting a getting that lift that massive gravy train with a system of down and wrenches <laughs> machine oh, they were fucking bad um mm. but it is 20 we should probably talk about the fact that we're entering a new year we're entering a new decade um what are your hopes? What are you looking forward to in this year and broader in the decade to come, Renfrey, would you say? Uh, you go first because I made a list I made and a list I am about well. to bring it up and I forgot it. Fair enough. Well, I oh, no, I've got it. Hey. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> um, there's a new Caspian record out very, very soon. I'm mm-hmm. very much looking forward to that. Very much looking forward to the new Tech Trail of Dead record. Mm. Um, Loathe album. Yeah, you've, releasing their second you've, album. you've been familiar with that, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Haggard Cat are releasing a new album. Weezer releasing Van Weezer. I was terrified. Apparently it's going to be an album. Apparently it's going to be an album. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, inspired by Van Halen. Yay! Um, new Code Orange. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about. Oh, right. Okay. What, what do you want to say? Well, I just think in terms of we sort of bemoaned the evolution of heavy music a little bit last year. And it's quite hard to look beyond Code Orange for uh, a band who are going to be able to, you know, kind of shake the scene up in a wider sense. I'm, you know, this is something we said in our albums of the decade. Mm. Well, yeah, Part I mean, two. both of us had forever in our top ten records of the decade. Yes, um, I would say it's the best heavy album of that decade for me. Oh. Like, pretty, I, I it probably pretty, pretty like you know I'm pretty firm on that. I think it is in terms of just heavy, heavy you know, like we have a, a broader palette on this show, so mm. you know it might there might be other things that would come in or whatever. But in terms of heavy music, hardcore metal, whatever, Code you know Forever by Code Orange is the the fucking gold standard, mm-hmm. and I just can't imagine how they could top that imagine if they top that i mean we've talked about um like behemoth having a follow-up the satanist talked about architects having a follow-up all our gods you know i think this is the thing most of the time bands, hide into nothing aren't you most of the time bands don't mm. so mm. yeah so you know maybe approach with caution approach with caution but can you imagine what what would it take to be able to top an album as good as forever i mean for me band like code orange probably yeah it would be very 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 difficult and if you were to ask me now, uh, as someone who de- who hasn't heard the record, I'd say, no, there's no way that they could top that. But then once I hear it, who knows <laughs> what I'd say. Very cryptic. <laughs> Shall we move on? Mm. <laughs> um, there's a new record by Deftones due this year. So yeah, that's good, about it? that. Um, uh, we should get a new Every Time I Die. Hopefully, hopefully this yeah. year, mm. new Gojira. I hope. Yeah, again, Gojira. That's really you know for for heavy music. I feel like a lot of the very best heavy bands from the last decade, maybe decade and a half, are going to be coming back this year. Lamb of God. Lamb of God. One. Yeah. Lamb of yeah, God yeah. have a new drummer. Um, mm. I'm hoping that you know the last couple of Lamb of God records haven't really hit me as hard as you know that run of well you know basically the first one two three four like the first yeah the first four basically i mm. think are just amazing i've 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 liked the new records but first five yeah. actually uh is that wrath yeah wrath i think actually yeah wrath's yeah wrath's probably my favorite one actually no i don't know anyway lamb of god are amazing yeah uh but the last couple i've been like yeah um apparently we'll get a new ghost album this year so I heard. Well, maybe. Um, I mean, that's again. It would be huge. Yeah. Um, don't really know what I'd want Ghost to do. Apparently, they're going heavier. But then most bands say that about most yeah, metal bands do. say that about yeah, they do, albums yeah. they're released. Um, if they're metal bands, Mastodon supposedly a new record. I yeah. think they will be. There'll, there'll be a new record yeah. by Mastodon again. That would be interesting after sort of Emperor of Sand. <clears throat> be mm. interesting to see because Emperor of Sand was sort of erred more back to the crack the sky yes feeling didn't it 
Uh, and last time they did that, they followed it up with two, you know, far more uh, instantaneous and sort of uh, accessible records. I would expect, I would expect Mastodon to do something totally different. Like mm. they, they have, I suppose you could argue they've repeated tricks in their career, but they don't tend to repeat them from album to album, if that yeah. makes sense. Uh, Nine Inch Nails, apparently. Yeah. I mean, it's been, again, a couple of years since, but it will be a couple of years since we got Bad Witch, which I think since returning Bad Witch for me is the the sort of creative high point. Oh, it's Nine Inch Nails fucking done. brilliant. It's fucking great. Yeah. Absolutely great, great record. I think there's some excellent songs dotted across the previous two EPs and certainly on Hesitation Marks. I think Hesitation Marks has got a couple of absolute yeah. rages on it. Um, but as a cohesive body of work, Bad Witch, I think, is far and away the best thing Nine Inch Nails have done. Agreed. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was since they've come back. You mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic about the new Pearl Jam album. I mean, I, I'm sure. I'm sure it will come out this year, but I'm. Uh, well, they're doing uh, Hyde Park. They are doing Hyde Park, summer. indeed. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. And a bunch of European dates, three of which I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Um, With the Pixies in tow at Hyde Park as well. Amazing. Yeah, at Hyde Park, not for the whole tour, unfortunately. Although they are doing some dates with Idols, which would be cool in Europe. I would imagine, I would expect to see idols on that, um, that bill at Hyde Park as well. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. Um, uh, what else? Um, oh, do you know Sordade? Sordade, Sordade. It's a new Chino project. No, I don't. Um, I fuck, who is it? It's Chino and someone else. I'll look it up in a sec. Okay. But um, they released a couple of songs, oh God, like a couple of years ago now. And supposedly they're releasing their debut this year. Uh, new Turnstile record. Yeah, that'd be good. We should finally get that record by The Cure. I fucking hope we get yes, that Yes, I mean, that's one that I've... I mean, that feels like... The Cure have always been massive, but I feel like The Cure have jumped back or, or have become a seriously classic band over the last few years, kind of post the Glastonbury performance, Robert Smith's Meltdown, the Pure yeah. Nation, um, you know, kind of the, the anniversary shows that they did a couple of years ago. Uh, I think The Cure are kind of back in people's vision again a bit like they were you know just pre the breakout of emo in the sort of early 2000s you remember like the cure were huge when we were growing up the cure were one of the biggest bands weren't they they were oh, absolutely yeah, yeah. massive and then in the mid to late 90s they kind of their profile dipped a lot and then suddenly you had all these emo bands going oh my god robert smith oh my god the cure yeah. and they became like a really big deal again and then it felt like it sort of dipped again and now they're back yeah yeah yeah. they're very much back now i think mm. you know and like um it's but it's weird though because they haven't released any new record but then i suppose you don't have to do that to become big well you got a back catalog like that fuck yeah, me yeah. No, you don't need anything um, um sordid is um chuck dean chino marino and dr no from bad brains oh wow okay yeah cool great. um so that will be great i imagine new um, aussie I thought we were talking about albums we were excited about oh you're not excited <laughs> about new aussie no okay fair enough um <laughs> Uh, I'm going to throw big... a youth code as well, actually, mm-hmm. um, just because they are an exciting new band. I think they're fucking great. And yeah. They're releasing their, I think it's their debut. I might be wrong on that, but yeah, they'll All be releasing right. their album. Right, Sorry, you're going to say something. Well, just some really big ones. Obviously, we're going to get that Green Day album as well, aren't we? Yay. Yeah. Bit bit worried about what, what I have to say about that. Um, I love Green Day. We're going to get big, big records from 1975. We're going to release another record. They're oh, yeah. Pretty much the biggest of the newer group of those sort of indie bands, well, any of these British bands at the mm-hmm. moment. Um, although he's turned into a, I don't know if he's turned into a real, like, 
pretentious twat or if he just was a pretentious twat but Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. Uh, we'll see. That, you know that that last album grew on me quite a lot. We're going to get a new Lance Morissette album. Yes, I'm ex- I don't know if people in general will be excited for that, but I fucking am. The Strokes are going to have a new album out as well, I believe, this year. Okay, uh, you we sort of had a little wee chat about the Strokes. Do you know what? I've never read. I've never even bothered to properly check out the Strokes. I don't think I've even listened to Is This It in Full or oh, fucking hell, really? Okay. Yeah. There, you know, that is the the classic record, mm. obviously. Not entirely convinced it's their best record. Mm. Um, like the follow up got a lot of good press, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, which is great. I think that's a really good record. Okay. Yeah. Can't remember what it's um, called. Now. And I think, you know, it, bands like that are so. Oh, this is going to be a weird comparison. But if any of you saw Craig David on performing on New Year's Eve, right? right. He. he it's so dated because garage uk garage was so cool in like you know the kind of the early 2000s late 90s early 2000s and it was such a zeitgeisty thing listen to it now and it it just sounds like that time like do you know what i mean it it, it is so like that particular very mainstream version of what garage was and that listening to craig david i was like my god this is dated so, so, so badly. And I feel like a lot of those, I mean, particularly because they were crap, but a lot of those mid-noughties indie bands, they've not really been able to do anything which doesn't sound dreadful no. for a long time. I mean, I wouldn't say it was dreadful, but that last Interpol album that we reviewed... It was just very first, ho-hum. It was really ho-hum. Mm. And um, yeah, so if anyone's ever going to be able to do it, you think it'd be you the Strokes? I think the Strokes would have a better chance of doing it than most of them. Might be, you know, well, only because hmm. they're one of the, they were the sort of figureheads, weren't they? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess this is not my area. I mean, I suppose it depends who you. Yeah, I, I guess mean, if so. you listen to new music by the Libertines, for mm. example, it's pretty embarrassing. You know, if you listen to even though, like, I really like Block Party, and the last Block Party album was. I love the first record. Yeah, yeah, so beyond that, were great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Weekend in the City is very good. Also, last one that I've got here on a list is Avenged Sevenfold. Mm-hmm. I'm quite interested to see what Avenged Sevenfold will do, mm-hmm. purely because I thought the stage was one of those records that was sort of uh, unfairly maligned because of its critical performance, but then it was re- it was released in a really weird way. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of surprise released. And yeah, I think we'll talk a little bit about bands trying to do things differently and being brave and you know, sometimes it doesn't always come off. Mm-hmm. But um but if Avenge make another record that is of a similar quality to the stage, like I've actually gone back to Hell to the King, which I was very, very, very against when it came out. I really hated it. And I'm not, you know, I'm not a massive Avenge Sevenfold fan, to be fair. I'm not a massive fan at all. Um, I only really like kind of one or two of their records, really. City um, of Evil and the Stage are the yeah, only ones I've yeah, turned to. They're probably my favourite too, actually. Um, I've like, really I've thought out, but I've thought out a lot to Hell to the King and the self-titled. I really didn't like the self-titled. I don't get this love for Waking the Fallen. I just think it's like fucking darkest hour, but not as good in it. Really. I think it's got good moments Waking the Fallen, but it's a you know there's it's too long. Yeah. My first. Too long, too long decade. with the <laughs> um, But, you know, they're a massive, massive, massive band. And if, 
you know, they're the one that everyone thinks is going to take over from Metallica, Guns mm. N' Roses, whatever. Uh, so I sort of feel like they need to produce something. I because I really liked the stage, and I, I do. I think the stage is fantastic. Actually, yeah, I think it's a good really good album. Um, but because I liked the stage, I don't think I'm going to like this new album because just like Mastodon. I think Avenged Sevenfold have repeated tricks that they do in their career, but they don't tend to repeat them from album to album. Mm. And I so, you know, I I don't think we will get a Hail to the King part two, but I, I would imagine it will be more Hail to the King-esque than it is yeah. the stage-esque, yeah. um, which is the side of Avenged that I'm less interested in. Mm. Um, I'm so. the same, although, like I say, I do, I don't know, it's just, there's a really, there's something nice and chunky about, uh, Hell to the King, which I probably uh, just was like, oh, it's really basic and it just sounds like Metallica when I first heard it. Mm. But actually, those the songs really kind of, when you're in the mood for just that straight black album, like, dun, yeah. dun, dun, actually, it's really good. I should go back to it. I, I don't think I've listened to it probably since the week it was released, I no. imagine. Um, but... Um, yeah, I mean, the stage and City of Evil are the only ones that I go back to with any sort of, sort of regularity. Mm. Um, occasionally go back to Waking the Fallen, but yeah. Fair. All right. Well, there you go. That's a little roundup of some things that we're vaguely excited about for the coming year or so. Um, let's start with our first review of the decade, and it is a big one. A very, very, very big one. And I'm not just talking about the title. Bring Me the Horizon, music to listen to, dance to, blaze to, pray to, feed to, sleep to, talk to, grind to, trip to, breathe to, help to, hurt to, scroll to, roll to, love to, hate to, learn to, plot to, play to, feel to, be to, breathe to, sweat to, dream to, hide to, live to, die to, go to, is the name of their EP. I think you uh, mixed up B and feel, but apart from that, I'm very happy. With oh, that. really? Okay. Yeah. Didn't I? <coughs> Do you want uh, to do it again? No, <laughs> never, never again. Title um, almost as long as the EP. Yeah, well, you'd think it's as long as a normal EP. Mm. Uh, apparently this is an EP, although it is weirdly longer than any of the albums that Bring Me The Horizon have ever released. Yeah. So it's the longest thing they've ever released, yet it is an EP. Uh, it dropped the day after Boxing Day. Uh, it's full of collaborations, um, including collaborations with big people like Halsey and people that we quite like, like Lotus Eater. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a theory as to why it's an EP. Go on. Because I think they want to... Hmm, I want to word this correctly. I was going to say distance themselves from it. That's that's not what I think. But I, I don't think they want people to see this as a quote-unquote proper yep. bring me the album. That would make sense. Uh, bring me the album, bring me the Horizon album. Mm. Because this is a very experimental record yeah um it's primarily uh it, it you you know this for a fact that it's primarily jordan fish behind yeah. this one yeah. uh and it certainly sounds like it well yeah i mean i think before we go into the actual music and stuff mm -hmm. yep. we should probably address the fact that um a weird kind of chasm appears to have opened up in Bring Me the Horizons in in, in the opinion of Bring Me the Horizon now when Bring Me the Horizon first came out the general, there was a fence and you sat on one side of the fence or the other side of the fence. On one side of the fence was a bunch of deathcore loving, young kind of scene kids. And on the other side of the fence was a load of serious metal people 
who thought Bring Me the Horizon were the worst thing in the world. So you've got a bunch of people who love, love, love Bring Me the Horizon, mm-hmm. and then you've got a bunch of people who absolutely despise them. And it felt for a very, 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 very long time like there was no they're all right there was no middle ground yes it certainly felt like that i mean yeah. obviously the internet exacerbates these things and so on and so forth but yes yeah. i understand exactly um and then as their career progressed and particularly with the release of sem paternal which i felt thawed a lot of people out to them um, myself included yeah uh it felt like people started to come around to bring me the horizon a little bit more yeah but then with that's a spirit which relied far more heavily even more so on the uh the kind of the contribution of Jordan Fish and then with Ammo, which weirdly seems to have got a, a reaction, which I think that's a spirit probably should have got because Ammo is a heavier record than that's a spirit. Mm. I think mm. uh, there's more metal moments on it. I know there's obviously this, the infamous heavy metal song um, where he basically slags off people who say they're not a metal band anymore. Yeah. Um, and now this kind of, this fence seems to have been joined by another group of people, a group of people who have got into Bring Me the Horizon post either Semperton or That's a Spirit, who love the fact that Bring Me the Horizon are, you know, a, a zeitgeisty pop band, who love the fact that they're using electronics and they're doing songs with Halsey and, you know, they're taking Skrillex out on tour with them. Uh, not Skrillex, sorry, um, Scarlord, Skrillex, mm-hmm. uh, and taking Scarlord out on tour with them, and who love, love, love all this new stuff and love the kind of the Jordan Fish kind of modern pop, uh, auto tune kind of experimentation and the big kind of poppy songs. Um, and those kids who were the scene kids <laughs> have basically all jumped over to the other side of the fence and are now going, wah, where's my metal band? Wah. And the people who always said... Do you think people are still saying that about Bring Me? Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, that there are a load of like their old fans who are now fucking furious, and the people who were uh, like metal fans in the first place, the kind of the small-minded metal fan who went, "No, look at their t-shirts; they can't be a metal band," whilst totally ignoring how heavy they were, and now turn around and going, "Oh, they've they've gone pop and they've sold out," and, blah, blah, blah. and it's like, "Well, you thought they were that anyway." Yeah, you fucking idiot. So. Bring Me the Horizon have made a, what is this, like 75 minute long? It's 75 minutes and 31 seconds, Steve. 75 minute long EP, uh, which, as you say, is mostly made up of Jordan Fish, uh, from the mind of Jordan Fish, which features practically nothing to do with even guitar music at all. There's very, very, I would say, I mean, the majority of this record sounds like a solo jordan fish project Mm -hmm. collaborating with ollie sykes and a bunch of guests yeah the rest of the band i imagine it sounds like had very little to do with it yeah hence even more of a reason to sort of describe it as an ep rather Mm. than a new album and you know surprise release it and all this nonsense but what i want to say is that i've seen people going they've sold out They've fucking done this. Why oh, they used to be a metal band. They used to be so heavy. Go back to deathcore. Why are they sold out? Why all this shit? Ridiculous. This is not a sellout. This is a brave move. It is something that they should be applauded for. It is refreshing to see a band step out of their comfort zone. It is refreshing to see a band who are in the mainstream, who have decided not to make an album just to appeal to the mainstream. Mm. It is good to see a band continuing to fuck with people's preconceptions of what they are. It's all of those things. The one thing this EP will never be 
is any good. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agreed. <laughs> um, so, c- congratulations for bringing me the horizon. This is a very worthy, 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 and and good thing that you've done here. Yeah. So I don't really want to shit on it because fair play, you have stepped way outside your comfort zone, and it is very brave to put a twenty-four minute long song, like a twelve-minute long song, on an EP, and it be so different from anything you've ever done before. Unfortunately. <laughs> You can't do There's more fat on this than a cheap Asda steak. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I, I, I agree with you in terms of like the manner in which it's been released and stuff like that. I think if you're going to do things, like we, t- we tend to champion bands when they do things out of their comfort zone and do things that are a bit different. Mm. And, you know, surprise releases, while slightly irritating for us, um, are generally i think a really cool thing and all that sort of thing i like a lot of the stuff that has happened around this record and around the release of it and stuff mm. like that um yeah i mean i kind of feel like after hearing this you can never tell me that a post-rock song repeats itself too much oh because God, holy yeah. shit yeah i think the thing with this is it is enormously <laughs> self-indulgent to the point where most people only hardcore Bring Me The Horizon fans are going to listen to this more than a few times, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've listened to it twice and I feel like I, I, the idea of putting it on again terrifies me. I listened to it twice and actually, generally, I will say, we usually listen to stuff more than two times to review it. But to be honest, I felt like I'd heard everything I needed to hear because whilst it is... The first time around, I, thought, I felt like that. I, yeah. I nearly didn't even bother with the second listen. Yeah, I mean... It's seven. Whilst it is seventy-five minutes, I would say it only has about twenty minutes of ideas on it. Yeah. There's an awful lot of. I mean, look, all bands, the majority of bands, ninety-seven percent of bands use Pro Tools or some sort of digital creation software to help them edit and mix stuff. But when Pro Tools was becoming um, a thing, and that there was, you know, people complaining about Kid A and stuff like that, because you'd get you'd play a few bars of something and then you copy and paste it and just loop it over and over and over again. This is that, it feels like that kind of Pro Tools in mm. that, in that it just, there's the feel, it feels like there's a lot of copying and pasting and a lot of stuff which just goes on way, way, way too long. And, you know, other elements will come in, but those other elements just aren't interesting enough to sustain the song or the length, the ridiculous lengths that some of these songs are. Mm. The 24, we'll go into the 24 minute song. Yeah, because that is a talking point yeah but there, there's a, that 24 minute song there's two songs which are just over 10 minutes and mm-hmm. and you know there's some which are like six or seven minutes and it do you know what this album there is a weird um there is a weird sort of hypocrisy with this album in a weird way because i agree with you it's not a move it's not a selling out move it's certainly not you don't put a 24 minute song on a release if you're trying to appeal to the mainstream or anything Mm. like that i think the thing i think the hypocritical part comes in with so much of this record i was listening to it and i thought i would hear this sort of thing on radio one i feel like the the palette used um is largely ordained and taken from pop music some of it modern but some Mm. of it a lot of it felt very nineties nostalgic dance. There's a bit where it does me. go to dun, 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 dun. that that classic. If you remember the night, the kind of pop 
music in the 90s in the charts from sort of 1993 to about 1997 that every single song had dang 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 on a sort of casio keyboard right? yeah it, and it's there's one of them i can't remember what song it is now i think it's a devastating liberation i think it might not be that. It might be Candy Truck. I mean, fuck me. It all blurs into it one and it's so weird. Way, yeah. um, I think it is Candy Truck, actually. Yeah, I yeah. think it is. But yeah, but that comes in. And I was like, uh, it sounds like What is Love by Hadaway. Yeah, there is a very, there's a very distinct, it's difficult to describe it, but there is a very distinct synthesized 90s piano sound, mm. which you just know it when you hear it. And like a lot of this reminded me of stuff like uh, Children by Robert Miles. <laughs> yeah. Or um, 9 p.m. till I come by ATB. Yeah. Now, look, I hated that stuff then. I certainly don't like it now. And I don't think it's dated very well. Mm. Um, being the age that they are, I'm guessing Bring Me the Horizon grew up on that stuff. So they might have a sort of nostalgia, nostalgia for it. But I kind of think that that stuff was shit then and it's shit now. I, I like, I am not an expert on dance music or electronic music, but. I don't know. I know people who are, and I don't know many people who go, oh yeah, the mid, mid to late nineties boom. That was a really good time for electronic music. Well, it was a time when it became, it became very successful. Yeah. Hugely successful. And it kind of, you know, uh, I, there's parallels to be made with new metal. I, I was about to say there are parallels to be made with new metal. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of that. I also think, what makes someone what makes something like selected ambient works by Aphex Twin a really brilliant record is the fact that Aphex Twin, you know, there's songs on that that's 17, 18 minutes long. And but he knows and you again, you know, that, that post rock comparison where you don't really necessarily see how the stuff moves until it's already moved and then you're like oh i didn't really notice that so it can kind of feel like oh this is a bit repetitive but actually it's not it sort of it, slowly morphs very, very it's making organic, changes you know? so yeah. subtly that you mm. you're not necessarily perceiving it uh live so yeah. to speak but yeah. it is happening yeah. yeah whereas this doesn't this does feel copied and pasted yeah i mean this is just the same beat yeah for a very long time i mean uh, and there you know there are moments on it that i I put it on yesterday my girlfriend was like, oh, I really like this. And I was like, you're fucking kidding me. Yeah. You're kidding me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like uh, someone who doesn't care about dance music at all. And it just, you know, yeah, you're right to say that the, the stuff that it's borrowed from, I think, I think this is aiming more for a DJ Shadow, uh, an Aphex Twin, um, one of those boards of Canada, you know, the kind of acts that we talk about where we actually go, you know, these are really cool, interesting electronic bands um, or, you know, kind of cut and pasty hip hop bands, that trip hop stuff, that whole um, movement that came out of that, that period. I think that I think parts of this and a lot of this aims for that. But unfortunately, you're a metal band and you can't go from writing a song with danny filth to to getting that type of music that right i don't even know if i want to say that really because i, I don't think you should confine bring me to metal band and metal band alone but what no, i will I say no, I, i'm not but what i will say is history has dictated that they are better at being a metal band than they are at yeah. at 
a lot of other things, hey, particularly listen, this they were, stuff. They were bad metal band when they started off. Oh, they were so dreadful, weren't they? this is something they, they yeah. want to do and they're going to get better and better at doing it. I mean, if this is fucking Count Your Blessings or what the edge of your seat was made for, if that's if this is their version of that but doing electronic music, then who knows? In 3, 4, they might make a Sempaternal of, you know, kind of ambient music, which is really good. I don't think they will, though. Well, no, no. Hey, but look, nobody thought they could have done that back in the day when they made that those first EPs and they were fucking rubbish. Mm. Like, you know, no one ever would have seen an album like Sempaternal or There Is A Hell coming from that band. No, so no. I'm not going to completely write off the fact that they couldn't do it. But what I'm saying is at the moment, they're not they're not capable of doing that. Mm. Like, totally. And Jordan is really, really fucking super talented. I think Jordan Fish is by far the most talented and interesting member of that band. Yeah, absolutely. And it's weird because... So I was actually somewhat excited to hear this mm. yeah I was disappointed very quickly yeah. but I, at first i was somewhat dis- i was was somewhat in, you know excited well, let's add in the fact here that i mean this is a boring <laughs> pretty boring so for boring. the most part uh ep this um but it, if it had been an instrumental ep it would have just been like a, oh this kind of doesn't really work yes when you add in the performance of ollie sykes on this record Mm. that's when this goes from being just a bit something which an experiment which hasn't really paid off to something which is bad yes because ollie sykes on this now i don't want to fucking kick off for ollie sykes you know i will i'm sure you will (laughs) enough people have done that over the time oh his lyrics are this and his lyrics are that um i guess we have to talk about underground big head full of hyena yep uh, 24 minutes and six seconds. Mm-hmm. About, what is it? About seven, eight minutes into it? No, no, no. It is, uh, oh, I think I wrote it down. It's it's more like five minutes into it. Yeah, okay. um, uh, so most of, the, most of the song, 19 minutes and eight seconds of that 24 minutes and six seconds, I like being exact, is a repeated electronic hook. When I say repeated, I mean cut and paste. Uh, which has Ollie Sykes kind of rambling over the top of it. I mean, absolutely. Ram- I was thinking we had to hire some sort of psychiatrist to come in and review this while we were this week because um, I, you know, I, 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 there are people in the world, in the world of music, who probably could talk for 20 minutes over that and it would be at least interesting. Ollie Sykes is not one of them. But Ollie Sykes, unfortunately, Ollie, you are not one of them. I think, I think if you're, look, Ollie Sykes is a profoundly boring man. <laughs> he, he he is. He's like he probably admit it himself. He's he's not very interesting. You've interviewed him a bunch of times. No, I've, I haven't. I've never interviewed him. Have you never interviewed no, him? I've interviewed Jordan and I've interviewed um, the drummer. Oh, okay, okay. Well. I, you know, I ever tell you about the, the, when I interviewed the drummer? And, I don't think so. And I, <laughs> I went, you know, it was when they confirmed for Wembley. It was about six months before they did Wembley. And I was like, oh, you're doing Wembley? That's exciting. And I was like, what's your next sort of goal? Do you want to like get up to sort of festival headlining? Is that the next thing? Do you want to headline Glast? You know, download headline Glastonbury. And he went, you what? I went, you know, would you do you want to headline Glastonbury? And he went, oh, right. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, all right then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not Michael Evis, mate. <laughs> not, this is, what, what? Like he totally zoned out and just, for, I don't know, did you forget who I am? Like, 
oh yeah, go on. Yeah, all right. We'll have that. Yeah, all right. We'll have that Glastonbury. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, um, I think. I think this just sort of proves that Ollie Sykes is one of the least interesting frontmen in rock music, doesn't it? Yeah. Or, or I, in music, full stop. There's something really, and uh, someone who thinks he's going, oh, I'm really stupid. And, oh, what do I know? But I just feel that human beings have a sixth sense. But because of all the shit that we're doing, we'll never know what it is. And it's like, mate, you're um, not. You're not like I'm. I, I think, we, I think we. I think we've got interesting or like no, exactly. inspiring or intelligent or well thought out or meaningful in any way whatsoever. I think we got more than five senses, but we're never going to find out any of the senses because we're so fucking busy, so wrapped up, so caught up in what we are actually doing every single day. Like, think when dis- someone discovered fire. What the fuck would that have looked like? How? It's up there with like magnets by it's, Insane Clown. Probably, yeah, it? it's it's utterly, it's just so And he's like, then stupid. he starts talking about how someone compared them to Evanescence. <coughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, we do sound a bit. And then he starts talking about whales. And oh, you can see whales. Yeah. I mean, that's in another track, actually. But um, He admits oh, he, he can't sing. That they use also tune all the time. Yeah, Daryl Palumbo is the reason that he started singing. Apparently, yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah. He admits that they nicked a um, melody from Evanescence. Bloody bloody. I mean, it's just I don't know. I think some people. <laughs> you imagine if you got Tom Waits doing that. Yeah, exactly. I think I think. Th- I mean, that is some jump in it. To be fair, but I'm just saying there are people in the world because again, like we were listening to me and my girlfriend. She said how. This is so fucking pretentious. Mm. This is so like fart sniffy. She's yeah. like, no one could pull this off. How could anyone pull off? What is it like? Nineteen. It's nineteen minutes, minutes and eight seconds of talking just randomly round. And I was Nick like, Cave could. Yeah, there are people who could. Yeah, there are people who could. It's like, there's that bit in extras uh, where he says, you know, some people um, are really successful and some people are really critically acclaimed. And a very, very, very tiny amount of people are both those things. But you, you, Ollie, will never be one of them. I think this is this is the thing. Like, Ollie Sykes is a just not an interesting person at all. I'm sorry, he just isn't. He's not vaguely interesting. And that's fine. Mm. Like, like, you don't have to be interesting, but don't give your front man... 19 minutes to wang on about fucking the universe life the universe and everything if if you're a really boring cunt just mm. don't bother like it's a it's just a total waste of time and like i can imagine oh, idiots sitting down well, and yeah i i mean i was about to say the, the reaction of people going, oh my god so i've seen so tweets profound. of people going like oh it made me cry what ollie was saying i was like yeah it made me fucking cry as well <laughs> Like having to sit through that, it's just like, mate, come on! It's fucking stupid. It's really, yeah, it's so bad. And the thing is, like, the upside down. So one of the few tracks that are isn't ludicrously long, even though five minutes and thirteen seconds feels quite long, you know. But the upside down question mark song, the mm-hmm. one with Halsey, that's actually a good song. That's alright. It's yeah. a good. It's a song. You go, well, fucking hell, you've written an actual song. Mm. And it's quite good. I think, again, though, I would say, and this is an issue I had with Ammo as well, and just an issue that I have with Latter Day, Bring Me the Horizon. I find so often that I like moments, but I very rarely like an entire song. Um, and I would say that with Ammo. I'd say that with That's the Spirit. Yeah. I'd, and I'd certainly say it with this. There's only one song on this entire uh, EP that I would say I like from beginning to end. And that is a devastating liberation which has sort of nice sense of dread and menace to it. It feels like it's scoring a f- like the reveal of a like 
enemy in a Marvel yeah. film or something like that. It's only four minutes and 40 seconds and it's instrumental. So, you know, yeah, that's it's probably, all right. I mean, that's, that's good like, as well. Um, and, but there are, there are good moments on this record, but they're just really, really fleeting. Mm. Um, and they're usually buried in a song, which is covered in thick, tarry shit as well. Um, and like, this sounds like the sort of EP that was cobbled together in a week or two. Yeah. And like that is, it's fine to do that. And especially, especially releasing it the way that Bring Me have as like a surprise thing. There's been no build up to it, no anticipation. If you're going to do that, do that. But, you know, when Alice in Chains went into the studio for a week, they came out with Jar of Flies. When Bring Me go in, I mean, I mean, I don't know if they went in for a week. Maybe, maybe they've been working on this for six months. I don't know. It fucking doesn't sound like it. It sounds, it sounds like they did it in a week. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's uh, and that's the difference that we're talking. There, there's people who can do it. That's the difference between great artists and not great ones. You know, you can you go into the studio for a short amount of time and you come up with this incredible 30 minute EP in the form of Jar of Flies, which endures for years. I mean, how old is that EP now? 26 years old? Yeah. I still regularly listen to that EP, you know. Or this. I mean, it's it's just... And do you know the worst thing? Apparently we're going to get more of these. I'm sure we are. They're because pla- you can shit them out in a fucking week. No, no, no. They, they've actually said they're planning to release a series of albums this year. So it sounds like, do you remember that period? We've talked about them already, but that period when John Frusciante released something like 12 albums in one yeah. year. I I generally, I, you know, quite like John Frusciante, but my God, he was just like, every time I pick up a guitar, I'm going to record it and then I'm just going to release it and and charge people money for it. I mean, I suppose they're not charging people money for this in the traditional sense anymore. Mm. But, and I think there's just such a level of cynicism I find with Bring Me generally. I said this a lot during the Ammo review, but I feel like they've put a 24 minute song on there, not for any sense of artistic merit whatsoever, but purely as a talking point. So that websites and and people on Twitter and Instagram, the gram and so on and so forth will say, oh, my God, there's a 24 minute song on the bring me. And then people will go to check it out and mm. then the numbers go up and blah, and and I, I think you never get through that. <laughs> I think the sheer. Well, you only have to get through six seconds for them to get the admittedly minuscule amount yeah. uh, of money for it. But, you know, I think that that's why bring me have a ridiculous number of collaborators on their albums now collaborations because that helps you get into other spotify playlists Mm. and like pretty much every single move i see them doing i see them doing it i see it as a marketing move rather than a creative artistic move yeah and that is the most infuriating thing about bring me because when they do concentrate on the artistic stuff they are capable of good stuff of great stuff actually Mm. but they just don't they seem to be going further and further away from that yeah it's hard to disagree with that i think they you know they are a band who i mean all the stuff i said that i liked about sempaternal was the fact that it's not there's no fat on you know, there's no fat on sempaternal and no. they've got they get that balance of what they used to be with sounding something modern they get it so right and they wrote really really good catchy songs and they were and, and it's brilliant mm. and they can do that they can you know what i mean like they don't need to write these weird mixtapes and they don't need to like they, 
But it all depends. I mean, it depends what you want, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about stuff like the JPEG Mafia album last year, and it feels like everybody's got to have a feature these days. Yeah, that's, and, you know, that's and it. You, yeah. you see people who are into rock and metal and stuff, and they say, why can't we be more like hip-hop and do these massive features and do blah, 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 and do this and do that? And it's like, well, yeah, you can, but it's a completely different, me- you know, this is a completely different medium. And obviously, Bring Me have thrown themselves kind of yeah, 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 into it. Yeah, They've yeah. absolutely thrown themselves into it. I don't have a problem with them doing that, but it's just not, you know, I, I, I find the majority of that stuff very, very dull. No, I agree. You've got to be, and you've got to be fucking good to get away. I think you've got to be really good to get away with it. Mm. I think the stuff that's worked, like, you know, again, to mention the, uh, for the billionth time, to mention the Clipping album, those guys from the, the, you know, the people who make the music in that band, before you even talk about getting the, the vocalists in, they are, ma- they are hugely skilled and schooled in, and aware uh, of the type of music, you know, of like noise music and avant-garde kind of, you know, um, weird shit from years and years. I saw a video with them. They have something to say as well, I would say. Yeah, they've definitely got something something to say. But the two guys who, you know, the the two DJs are like, I saw a video like their Amoeba music, what's in my bag, and they're pulling out all these old like fucking weird classical album, neoclassical albums and weird like noise albums and stuff. And, uh, and you just go well you're you're well aware of the type of thing that you want to make whereas bring me their eyes in you're a deathcore band and you suddenly go no oh, metal fans don't like us and you've got this guy who's a good you know he's got he's good at his electronics so let's try and make something really zeitgeisty well i don't think you can accuse bring me of not having a broad taste in music because they do appear to have that yeah but i but the manner in which they utilize that just feels enormously cynical to me and i think if this had been surprise released in the manner that it had been and all that stuff and eight tracks long and 30 35 maybe 40 minutes tops and all of the ideas had been condensed down i would have been probably pretty kind to it and and i probably you know i almost certainly would have said look this isn't really for me but i really admire the fact that they're experimenting and and Mm -hmm. trying something new um i still admire that in a way but it's it's injected with such a massive dose of cynicism Mm -hmm. and um and the results are pretty disastrous and and the results especially when you elongate these pretty shit ideas in the first place to 24 minutes 10 minutes 10 minutes you know are just fucking awful and it's a massive waste of everyone's time <laughs> so there you go music to listen to etc 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 by bring me the horizon it's been out for a little while i'm sure if you're a fan you've already listened to it and you probably don't give a shit what we say either way <laughs> uh and you probably aren't listening to this podcast actually if you're a bring me the horizon, if you're a massive new bring me the horizon fan you probably couldn't give a fuck what we think uh and that's absolutely fine enjoy uh enjoy that um i would agree with pretty much everything you said there uh, i think we're both on the same page yeah it's uh, it's not great that uh anyway let's move on to our next record it comes from dinosaur pileup uh it's, oh no, sorry hold on no 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 that's not that's it's beach slang uh the deadbeat bang of heartbreak city the fourth record from the heartland punk rockers from pennsylvania third um, but it's fine no it's not it's their fourth but they changed their name on the last one didn't they it was a different name but the reason that that doesn't count is because it's a that was a reworking album of like acoustic tracks and so on and so forth. Oh, that still counts, surely. 
I would say that. Like, I would say that counts. All right. Well, let's just well, go. It doesn't matter. Let's anyway, just go back to the dinosaur pileup thing. I think you've done this on purpose because Steve, <laughs> Steve knows that I fucking adore this band. I love them so much. I have a um, what I would call a profound connection with them. Um, yeah. And I, uh, and you can. Um, how familiar are you with Beach Slang? Uh, not one? really. Not I'm particularly. not really that familiar, to be honest. I know I did listen to the last one. Uh, I will it say, didn't grab me that much because I don't remember. Yeah, about it. very, very, very brief rundown of their catalogue. Their debut album, I thought, is twenty something minutes of utter perfection, and I adore it. It was actually in my long list for albums of the decade. It was I love it that much? Mm-hmm. Um, a loud bash of teenage feelings was a, a follow-up which had fleetingly good moments, but didn't quite recapture the magic and then they released this quiet slang record which is actually mm-hmm. a co- sort of acoustic-y piano-y reworkings of their stuff and it's actually really nice um, fine um so i've had so i i like most of beach slang stuff but um their last album of new material mm. let's say how about that um was a bit of a disappointment for me so i was a little bit trepidatious coming into this um you shouldn't have been no you shouldn't have been. I mean, it does sound like Dinosaur Pile Up. Let's get this out of the way. This is fucking 80s. The eight, 80s glam rock is, yeah. is back in a big way. Uh, I don't remember them sounding like this. This is the... I would say this is the punkiest record mm. Beach Lang have ever released. I think released. maybe, dirt, if you want a real comparison, the Dirty Nil is probably... A, I think. Oh, I see. I see. In, rather than your Dinosaur Pile Up. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's probably closer in in reality to the Dirty Nil when yes. the Dirty Nil go, you know, full sort of punky. I understand what you're saying with Dinosaur Pileup. The difference is um, Dinosaur Pileup, as you readily admitted in Albums of the Year, write about um, getting drunk and... Um, so does this. Well, well no, 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 no. Um, but getting drunk in a kind of frat house American pie way, whereas this is sort of john hughes this has heart and um it's john hughes infused with like bukowski i mean james alex the front man is he's a walking book of quotes basically he's a fucking joy to interview mm. i've interviewed james oh many times two or th- two three four times something like that and he just comes out with these phrases and you're like oh brilliant well that's gonna make my piece like you have to do no work with james because you just have to edit what he's saying because it's all gold Mm. um and he just has this i think i'm really passionate they 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 just really speak to me we talked about bands who really speak to you or bands who don't there's a deadbeat kind of poeticism with james alex's lyrics which i don't um, which has elements of other artists. It has elements of Springsteen. It has elements of, I don't know, uh, well. On this album, it has elements of Don Henley. Don Henley, yeah. Uh, Huey Lewis and the News, Journey, um, AOR. Yeah, 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 like absolutely. massive, massive AOR vibes. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Listen, <laughs> great. It's brilliant. No, it's excellent. It's a yeah. wicked. I mean, even the title, like in terms of doing a decent title, this album's called The Deadbeat Bang of Heartbreak City. Yeah, it's a brilliant title. I mean, that's how you do a great title, Bring Me the Horizon. And the front cover looks like it came out in 1983. Yeah. And it yep. looks like the sort of thing that would have come out in 1983. I, before you kick off into it, Renfrew, and you get kind of pissy about it, like I'm just going to mention, just because, like the Dinosaur Pile Up 
comparison to me is not an insult in any way whatsoever. No, 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 I know it's not. It's my top 10 records of the year. And I do understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, Born to Raise Hell, I've been saying that's less dinosaur pile up, more airborne. Yeah, like there's a surprising amount of ACDC on this record, actually. Yeah, yeah, I mean, ACDC and um, Aerosmith, and yeah, yeah, yeah. like there's Bang Bang Rang has a lot of ACDC, loads of sort of 70s hard rock on it, Mm. and 80s AOR pop as well, like Brian Adams. Yep. It's got loads of Brian Adams on it. Um, all, all I'm saying is I prefer this to that stuff mm. because at the, at the center of it, at the heart of it, you have a fucking poet mm. as well. And, and that adds an extra layer and an extra dimension for me. But I totally agree with everything you're saying. Mm. So, well, I think something like Don Henley, like Boys of Summer. That is oh, a, Don Henley. Yeah. Yeah. Song. I mean, I was thinking more ACDC and stuff like that, yeah, but um, yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, some of some of this stuff is just really hits. Like, he's just so good with one-liners. I'm a skeleton wrapped in gasoline. I'm a one-way ticket on a nowhere bus. Mm. Before you toss my bones away, and make sure I look pretty laying in my grave. He's just, he's just, he has amazing one-liner. Yeah, I mean, actually, twelve bar, um, twelve bar, no one shoelace mm. plays in the song on this is where you do go. Okay, this isn't just some mm-hmm. silly rock album. And actually, you know. Um, that little run of uh, nobody say nothing and nowhere bus back mm-hmm. to back in the middle yep. of the record. Yep. Excellent. It, it, you know, that is the sort of thing that mm, uh, most, like it probably even does a pile up who I really, really like. I don't think they'd be capable of no. writing a song like that. Exactly. I do think, you know, this is that they can do something that those bands can't do. They Absolutely. can do something that bands like the Menzies or hold steady or gaslight anthem can do as well. Uh, they're a brilliant mix of those two things. Yeah, that's yeah. why I love them. Yeah. And that's why I put them above a lot of those kind of bands mm-hmm. because they do both yeah. and they do both brilliantly. I was really, sh- I was quite shocked at the sound of this record to begin with because it's not what I expected it to be in any way at all. When I first put it on, I was, I was like, oh my God, like it's not like Tommy, Tommy in the 80s, oh, yeah, which is song. amazing. And it, but it does sound like it's just been plucked, like you say, straight out of a John Hughes soundtrack. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking great. But my first sort of run through it, I was like, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, this is not what I expected at all. But cool. Like, who doesn't like, you know, who doesn't like rock music? It is a, it is a subtle. This is I'd say this album is a subtle shift on, in uh, with what Beach Slang do. I don't think it's a gigantic sw- uh, shift, but so the, it is the AOR. Yeah. It is the AOR elements that have been added, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Um, just to give you an idea, because we were talking about Tommy in the 80s, and just to give you an idea of how, the way James Alex speaks. I mean, this is from the press release, but this is, so it's dedicated to the American singer-songwriter Tommy Keane, okay. um, who I didn't know, I have to confess, but he passed away in November 2017. He said, we were on tour somewhere outside of St. Louis. I was sitting on a scratchy hotel chair trying to write something. Nothing came. Charlie, step band manager, hello, Charlie, walked over real still and told me Tommy Keane died. I went all the way numb. You grow tired of the wrong people dying. I took the Saturday night bit from Nothing Can Change You. I took the title from Warren in the 60s. I took the horn part from Deep Six Saturday and the thump from Turning On Blue. Look, if you don't dig this thing, no sweat. Just listen to Tommy's records. They're the blueprint for all of it. Tommy, I hope I did real right by you, man. You're the real life goods and an absurdly sweetheart. And this thing is for you. Oh, that's nice. It's fucking, it is lovely. And I just love the way... I went all the way numb. He just has this way of speaking, which is just poetry. Mm. I fucking love it. And and he is, uh, there were quite a lot of people who were mainly 
Americans, I think, who were very, very cynical about it when well, beach slang sort of hit. Um, but, you know, having met James a few times, he that is what he's like. That is how he talks. Like, he is just... He is like a character in a John Hughes film, actually, but he's the really fucking cool character, you know? Um, and I I just... He, he is such an important vital part of this band his personality and his heart on sleeve uh goodwill i suppose um and it just yeah it just warms my heart listening to beach slang stuff when they get it right which they do most of the time i would say mm. loud bash of teenage feelings is the only ho-hum i don't even think it's a bad album i just think it's not up to scratch compared to the rest of their discography yeah um when they get it right it's just some of the most sort of vivacious joy de vivre kind of rock music being made today mm. I, I just i love it i love it it makes me happy to be alive listening yeah. to beach Lang records it's really really yeah I, I really like this a lot it's, it's wonderful really great yeah um and it was yeah i think like you said the aor thing it's been a, i've not really heard anyone try and do that sort of ape that type of thing for for a well since it was happening yeah yeah but, <laughs> you know but what I mean? no one really does that i prefer i mean I, i've never really been a massive aor fan at all really but i prefer this to most of that AOR. yeah i, I mean, mean there is a punky vibe to it if you take a song like bam rang rang yeah you know that is or born raised hell born raised born raised hell um, yeah, like a lot of it rage, rage is like let it rhyme um bam rang rang you know but stiff born to raise hell stiff is so stiff. fucking coming off the back of two yeah. quite melodic yeah slow yeah. somber f- uh, songs it just goes whoom like it sort of injects it with this nitroglycerine you know sixth gear that just goes vroom straight into i it. always imagine stiff is soundtracking like the part in west side story where the two gangs come together for the first time but it's like a punk version of that mm. yeah wicked um this is just a wicked record and if it fails to put a smile on your face you have no heart yeah and that last song is fucking brilliant yeah that is fucking fucking brilliant very big quiet slang vibes that one i wonder i i I wonder if you'd like quiet slang because the thing is is i know you in the past you have spoken about how you don't like sort of acoustical piano-y reworked versions of songs but oh, i think only when it's like oh we did welcome to the jungle with the fucking some like pithy singer songwriter from okay. the john lewis advert Do you know what i mean i don't like that shit i thought quiet slang was a really successful attempt mm. at that sort of thing but people reworking their own material and you know turning it into like slower whatever or yeah versions i've got no problem with that there's but versions anyway. of songs on quiet slang from a loud bash of teenage feelings where i prefer the quiet versions to the other versions so I don't know. Okay, cool. pro tip well anyway i would say for the, the first very very good record of the decade absolutely yeah very very good um i'm not going to say anything like oh this will be in my top 20 coming in the year because who fucking knows i said that too much too early last yeah year. but i don't I don't see me not listening to this. I've thought it. Yeah, I, I, mean, I was like, oh, I'm bound to just listen to this all year now. Come the summer, this might be like oh, Bob Mould. Yeah, like Bob Mould. Yeah, listen to this all the time. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that is the Deadbeat Banger Heartbeat City by uh, Beach Lane. That's how you really do it. Good. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Uh, our next release comes from Mono and A. A. Williams. 
Uh, it is an EP, a two-track EP called Exit in Darkness, which is one of the songs on the EP. Um, Mono, obviously, are a band who we did a special about. Renfrey went and spoke uh, about them for, what, like 90 Ooh, minutes? 90 hour? minutes or so? Yeah, yeah. yeah with, uh, um, uh, a, with, a, with A.A. Williams. With A.A. Williams. Uh, Joe Quayle and Serena from Svalbard. Jinx. That together. Um, yeah. Uh, so, obviously... Japanese post-rock legends and one of the UK's hottest upcoming artists, one of the best. You know, we, I think we collaboratively, collaboratively, uh, oh, collaboratively said that this is the, the, the A.A. Williams EP last year was the best EP of the year. Yes. Um, so, but funnily enough, we reviewed the Mono album last year and it's really the first time I'd listened to Mono and I did not enjoy that. You were not all. a fan of it no, at all, I were you? I didn't like it. I thought it was well boring. I will say, maybe this is a conversation for off mic. I went to, but I went to see Mono um, at the Barbican just before Christmas. And by the way, they were fucking amazing with Alces supporting yeah. as well. Um, Alces, I mean, Alces came on and were incredible. And I was like, oh God, I wonder if Mono are going to be able to follow that no worries at all right. i mean they did have a like orchestra with them which helped um but it was sublime actually one of the best gigs i went to last year I'd say. right okay. um and easily the best time i've ever seen mono um it is nice sitting down watching mono i will say that um our mutual friend joe nan from nuclear blast 12 year old boy constantly mocks me for my love of um post-rock because he doesn't like slow things he likes things which are fast and heavy and beat downs mm. and stuff like that um and he was there because he was there for Alces. So i was like stay for mono mate just stay for one song it's you know only 15 minutes out of your life um and he stayed for the whole set and he said it was fucking amazing so um there is hope mm. um well there's this i mean there's also this you know this is really really good it's fucking great isn't it again it's only 16 minutes um this is how you do an ep bring me the horizon don't do your 75 minute bullshit this is this is it feels unfair to say this is 10 times better than the bring me this is 200 times better than the bring me yeah yeah. and uh i mean it's a very different type of music it is but it's good it, it feels like there is as much going on in this than there is in that bring me around. Yeah. well the, here's the thing right now my sort of criticism of, of mono before was actually that the pace felt so glacial and so slow that i really struggled with that now i think the title track is great yeah um but it's the the sort of shimmering ghostly second track winter light which is around 10 minutes um which is the one for me here. Ah, that's really interesting because I would say, I mean, I don't have any knowledge as to whether this is the case or not, but it feels to me, this this feels to me like a split single release more than anything um, in that it feels like the first song is like an A.A. Williams song and the second yeah. song is a mono song. Mm. Um, both of them are collaborations and they they have both artists on, but that that's kind of the feel of it. So, because I was a little, I was coming in here thinking i was gonna to have to defend winter light but no no, no. i think it's great I oh mean, that's I, amazing i think because you know i can deal with that glacial pace and i can pick out more sonic elements to it when you get such a, a distinctive interesting enthralling vocal behind it and mm. a williams brings this really amazing haunting quality to that song yeah that just really 
feels like a doorway into letting everything else that mono are doing kind of envelop you and i'm not saying that they don't do that on the first track i think the first track is is good but like you say it feels a little bit more uh a bit more sort of not i don't want to say bog standard but a bit more kind of it feels like a, a normal type of song. A more traditional, a song, more traditional structure. song structure. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what I mean. Whereas the second one is... More of a post-rock structure. Yeah, and a really interesting trip. Funnily enough, I mean, not that it's a competition, not that it matters because both of these songs are fucking brilliant, but I actually prefer the first song to the second well, there song. there we go. How strange. Funny, isn't it? Um, I think um, Exit in Darkness is one of the most beautiful songs alex has put her name to actually um she did actually come out and play it with mono and it was one of the highlights of the show as well um i i it's just i mean it's just aa williams being aa williams and being brilliant as per but it when the strings come in on that song about three minutes in it melts my heart every single yeah, time the strings are great. oh those strings um and yeah, it's just everything we said about that EP, the manner in which she's not afraid to use silence and she's not scared of using that and, um, you know, things, the the dynamics of it. And it's, I just think, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, and again, it feels like, not to really like stamp on the, you know, what's left of that Bring Me The Horizon EP, but when you see featuring on that Bring Me The Horizon EP, what a lot of it is. I mean, like, I was, oh, Lotus Eater. And then for 10 seconds, they go, 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 go. And then they're gone. This and is a well, trick, not really right? yeah. a collaboration, yeah. is yeah. it? You've just kind of thrown a bit of Lotus Eater in there. And like the Halsey bit, you just think like she's turned up and probably, well, not even turned up. I don't up. doubt she's turned probably, up. Yeah. Yeah. She's probably just emailed her yeah. stuff across. Yeah. Whereas this feels like they've got in a room together and have created this from scratch completely. Yes. Um, it feels and like have that. A, and have a deep understanding of each other's strengths as well um a williams has been on tour with mono she's played um when they've done string bits and pieces she's played cello for them and stuff like that um so um quite likely yes i i yeah. don't i don't know for a fact if these songs were written no, together but it, or not, but it like definitely that. feels like it yeah. Yeah, yeah so there you go um um very briefly tracks. i should say that actually this um ep has been out since december the 10th i think um yeah we were just really busy because of christmas and all that shit um but we're kind of reviewing it now because it's getting a physical release uh 24th of january i think on the old vinyls but you yeah. can't listen to it on spotify and all that shite now um <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah buy the vinyl because it'll be a lovely thing to have yeah it probably will be and yeah. it'll probably be limited edition and sell out super quick and all that shite there you go exit in darkness by mono and a williams is out now it's been out for a while um our last records music for working out this is the fourth, fourth record um from the norwegian electro post-pop duo uh okay on this record yes they have a interesting habit of changing their sound pretty much with every record okay well <laughs> let me get started on this thing because i never heard of these guys before okay so i knew nothing about this um i presumed uh, it was going to be some sort of post-rock instrumental thing um i got the instrumental right you were you were half right i would say mm. yes um i would say the oh for this album i would say the closest match is a band like battles maybe are you familiar with battles i am familiar with battles um i mean on this album there's a little bit of daft punk thrown in there i'd even Not say a daft punk thrown in there um 
So this is by far the sort of danciest of their records. I'm not familiar with all their albums, but their first album was um, more of a kind of indie kind of vibe but the thing that um always typifies the band is they use a lot of loops they are a two-piece um but they don't sound like it do they because the manner in which they build up these songs and you know they go they become very very big very very quickly um i had a distinct feeling that you would be quite a fan of this because there's a lot of 80s in it I fucking love this shit. <laughs> I, I fucking love this record. It cool, is good. brilliant. Would you use it to work out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mate, I, I, do you know what? I, I think I've spoken before about the guys I work with. And they anything that gets a little bit difficult, they get really, really like, what the fuck is it? Well, like, why isn't it just three and a half minutes in the chorus, first chorus, bridge chorus? Why? I put this on, right? Oh, right. The other day, and they were like, you could see him sort of going, and then one of them went, What's this shit? And I went, It's funky, innit? And they all went, Yeah, it's really funky, actually. It it's really, it's fair, lots like, of funk on this. It's really, really funky. It's lots of disco on this, I think. Yeah, loads of disco. Like, like you say, loads of 80s. Um, uh, a lot of it sounds like it's uh, soundtracking a 80s sci fi film probably starring Arnold Schwarzenegger it's not a million it's almost like or Jean-Claude Van Damme it's like floating points got hold of or Chuck Norris um you don't have to name everything (laughs) one of them it's like floating points got hold of like Carpenter Brute or something yeah yeah. do you know what I mean Uh, yeah 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 because it's so catchy and then they will occasionally just go yeah we're gonna be weird for a bit like what's it um Ponzu Psycho yes has that right? really weird noise bit it's like it's really of... good and then suddenly it just goes <laughs> it's like oh guys like the club has been closed it's like last orders at the bar yeah yeah yeah, the club. yeah, um, yeah. but you know um, flat beats fucking great don't hassle the Hoff so good don't Christmas hassle the Hoff's great I think this whole album like Hard Dance Brainier is great like every single one of these songs basically and the way Spice Girls ends as well um, the song, the song. Spice Don't Girls. worry, the band. Well, the band, yeah. not the thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think even the end of Spice Girls won't be as good as the end <laughs> of the song Spice Girls. <laughs> the end of the Spice Girls, which is something we all can't wait for, I'm sure, uh, is not going to be as good as like. It just seems like they fucking rattle out that riff. This really mm. funky, like liquid bass riff. Mm for so long mm. you're like this is good it, it, they do the, the Stuart Lee trick of going this is great oh it's gone on too long now oh god it's going on so long oh it's going on so long oh great he's still doing it oh actually no this is too, it's gone back to being good again now yeah it's yeah yeah brilliant. yeah, yeah. I, I love this record I think it's absolutely excellent I love I, so bearing in mind this is more in my wheelhouse I mean undoubtedly this is a band I found at Art Tangent surprise surprise um I like it, but I suppose because of where they're pulling their influences from for this album um, and the fact that the, they don't tend to be things that I like, it's it's my least favourite of the Aiming for Enrique albums that I have heard. I think mm. I've only heard this one and another one. Um, but I think I think it is very good and I think people should totally check it out. Oh, um, but when I heard it, I was like, well, I have to give this to Steve because you're... I had a feeling you would really, really like it. This is what, when you say that, and so I watch you from afar, are the ultimate party band. 
this is what I imagine they should sound like. Because this don't is... touch my answer, I watch from afar. <laughs> but um, this is far more like party. This is far more funky and far not, more party than not big things do. No, not as party as big things do. Remarkable. Nah, you got your head's all over the fucking shop. This. I mean, this is, I mean, th- there is there there is. Did I ever give you um, a Debussy Shank for trade off? Yeah. I mean, they they do have elements of a Debussy Shank who I think were a massive party band as well. Yeah. Like, you know, really fluorescent, like Smarties and 50,000 Smarties in your mouth, consuming them all at once. Mm. He numbers, he numbers. Mm. Exciting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, it does. Yeah, it does have that. It's definitely like, I suppose you say the term instrumental music and people assume more mono really this is not mono this is so far from mono Mm. and this is proof that this genre is it even post-rock i I mean i don't think this is not post-rock this is electro i mean yeah daft punk's a fucking great shout Mm -hmm. you know really good i mean whereas like and and, you know and and we and they're they clearly they can do it as well Whereas, yep. you know, like, the, again, <laughs> fucking poor Bring Me Horizon. But whereas the Bring Me Horizon, it felt like something that the Chemical Brothers could, like, shit out in half an hour. Um, this feels like something that Daft Punk will hear and go, yeah, that, we could, we'll put that on the album, yeah. And they're a two-piece. Yeah. And apparently, they, like, generally by their fans, I think even their hardcore fans will be like, oh, they're great on record, but it's all about the live experience, supposedly. They're playing soon, aren't they? They are playing very soon. Um, They've um, had an awful lot of touring experience for a band which a lot of people won't have heard of. They've played places like, um, they've played the USA, India, Japan, Czech Republic, Norway, England, and Germany, which is not bad for a band who've been around for like eight years, I think. That's pretty good. Um, I think instrumental music tends to travel further afield anyway because mm. um, no language barrier. But um, I think they have honed a ridiculously tight and amazing live show, which is incredibly technical because of the amount of looping and so on and so forth. And it's very, very impressive. So, yes, I think I will go down to that. Amy very, very, that. very, very good. I think this is my favourite record of the week. Uh, it's got to be Beach Slang for me. I think Beach Slang is bloody, bloody great. Have I just find this hilarious as well it, it is really funny and, I, and i'm not saying that just because of the slightly silly uh song titles which seems to be a thing in instrumental music i'm not really sure why um well, you can call it whatever you want you well yes call it something interesting do you know what i mean i suppose that is why yeah. um but um yeah it is it is sort of so Oh. it's kitsch isn't it yeah I, I i was about to say camp and i, I realized camp isn't quite right but kitsch is right yeah mm. it's kitsch uh what's the difference between camp and kitsch there is a difference mm. camp and kitsch eh yeah there is a difference i'm gonna i'm not gonna touch that for a second i have to say but anyway <laughs> <laughs> but not touching camp no well you know um, uh, yeah uh, <laughs> anyway it's out now it's bloody great i think if you want a good time to see something like it's kind of bordering on being wacky, but I, I like it. There's no Elstorm album out this year. Ooh. I mean, it is a bit. Oh, uh, yeah, bit, like, no, I see what you're saying, but I don't think it goes over into that territory. But no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, no, I was about to say, it, it, like, that will seem like a silly thing to say, as there is a new Elstorm album coming out this year, and that's <laughs> fucking wacky in the worst possible way. Whereas this is just like, oh, God, what the fuck? Mad. Yeah. Um, but brilliant. Yeah. Music for Working Out by Aiming for Enrique. Uh, is out you should go and listen to it because it's really really bloody good 
Um, anyway, that's that's it because we haven't got a trade off, uh, but we're about to get one. The last thing we're going to do is because last, last time we did trade off was a fucking long time ago, and we haven't given each other uh, an album since then. No, so, yeah, yeah. Renfrey, give me an album. Well, I thought with his return to your favourite band of all time, um, I was wondering if I should give you a John Frusciante solo record. Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, and I think my favourite is probably, and certainly one of the most acclaimed, is uh, Shadows Collide with People by John Frusciante. I see. Shadows Collide by People. With. With People by John Frusciante. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to give you, oh, now I don't know if you've heard this, I'm going to be guessing that you haven't. Uh, how big a fan of Paradise Lost are you? Uh, reasonable. Uh, you, uh, you just tell me the album I'll tell you if I've heard it one second I was going to give you no I've not heard it ah, right okay I'm going to give you one second from 1997 by Paradise Lost lovely been on a big old Paradise Lost binge oh uh, yeah last week and well we'll get into that next I like week. that one with the skull sorry I like that one with the skull on the front uh, the one before Medusa you you like the the gruff stuff don't you you like gothic and all the the growly stuff. Uh, in terms of Paradise like? Lost? Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, I see. Well, then this will be interesting. Okay. All right, cool. Anyway, well, that's it. Next week, I'm going to be talking about John Frusciante and Renfrey's going to be talking about Paradise Lost and giving, I'm going to be giving you hot takes and opinions all over the place. And also, we're going to be reviewing new music from... Trail of Dead, Trail motherfucker. Of Dead, uh, who we both like a lot. Uh, thanks very much. We want to give a big shout out to Musicism. Musicism.net is where you can get your courses. 25% off in the checkout when you put the code RIOT in capitals as you exit this mortal coil. Whoa. Uh, wow. Not necessary. Not really uh, anyway, I'll, um, uh, we'll be back next week. Oh, I'm a vegetarian now. Don't know. I just, you're supposed to tell people, aren't you? Veggie Steve. Yeah. You're not meant to go on about it all the time because then you lose friends. I know. I'm just saying it once. Just, you know, I'll, I'll report back and let you know if that... It's just... So I slimmed down, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we stop there? Oh, see you later.